you know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. What's going on, Foxborough football fans? It's another post-game edition of First and Foxborough. I'm your host, Kyrie Thompson. Make sure you are listening, downloading, subscribing, streaming on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me at KDThompson5 on Twitter and follow the show account at First and Foxborough, F-O-X-B-O-R-O on Twitter and Instagram. I decided to take a little bit of time after Sunday's game instead of doing some rapid reactions. Uh, First of all, it's late. There's a lot of stuff to do. Might as well give you some more complete thoughts after the game. Maybe I'll adjust that later, uh, like I did from the parking lot, basically, in, uh, what, week three. Just gave you some quick thoughts after that. But you know what? I I figured, let's go ahead and let this marinate a little bit. Let me think about what we actually saw, especially since the game went into overtime, right? So, look, here are three prevailing thoughts that I have after this game. First of all, Bailey Zappi. Let's talk about him, okay? He was emblematic of what the Patriots were in a grand sense on Sunday. They were not pushovers. This was a game that the Patriots were not expected to win. They, they weren't even expected to be in it, honestly. They were nine and a half point dogs. Like People thought this was going to be a, a two-score game that the Packers were going to easily walk away with, and it ended up being nothing of the sort. Even in the second half when... You know, the, the Packers offense started to play better. The Patriots responded with two second half touchdowns, one of them on the arm of Bailey Zappi and another one on the legs of Damian Harris. So look, this was far from a game where the, the Patriots mailed it in. They absolutely brought their A game and, and they game planned well for this Packers team and made it difficult from for them. In the end, though, it was just a little bit too much Aaron Rodgers at the end and not enough offense from the Patriots. Now, okay, back to Zappi and getting to that. I would say that his performance was one that I found both pleasantly surprising and pretty on brand when you think about it. Look, that was not an easy environment for him to have to play in. Not at all. I mean, a a rookie quarterback has to come in in the middle of the first quarter and play at Lambeau Field for his first ever NFL game after your starting quarterback was already down with an ankle injury, and then the starter of this game, Brian Hoyer, goes down with a head injury, and you're just supposed to keep it all afloat and keep your team in contention to win a game that, once again, nobody really gave you a chance to win in. I mean, on one hand, maybe that's nice, that, okay, you're not necessarily expected to do a whole a whole lot. I mean, you feel the pressure to win and to play well, but it, this isn't the Super Bowl, right? It's not all on, I mean, this is a game that comparatively, perhaps there might be a little bit less pressure if you're thinking about, it. look, they, they protected him. They gave him some short, easy throws. They didn't ask him to throw the ball 30 times, okay? They, they tried to do the best they could 
to keep him you know, kind of reeled in and playing with it himself. And I thought the Patriots handled it about as well as they could have, and that Zappi handled it about as well as he could have. I believe the final stat line was 10 of 15 for Zappi for 99 yards. The one touchdown, no interceptions, which is good. That's a, that's a huge plus. But also the lost fumble. And then when you think about the, the lack of interceptions, I mean, you would hope not because only three passes that Zappi threw traveled more than 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. They were really not asking him to do anything. And then he has the sack, obviously, where, look, Isaiah Wynn gets pantsed. Let's not, you know, excuse that play at all. He got beat. That was the second time he got beat. He got beat on the play. That resulted in Brian Hoyer getting knocked out of the game. Okay, so let, let's not give Isaiah Wynn a pass here. But Bailey Zappi, that pressure is coming from his right side. You got to be able to feel that. And he takes a wallop on that one and gives up the football. That's the kind of thing you, you just, you can't have. They didn't want him to do that. Uh, but it happens, okay? And he got through it. And he played, you know, better. He rebounded. He threw a touchdown pass after that. And just kind of helped keep the Patriots in the game by not screwing up much else. That said, let's let's not overrate what Bailey Zappi did, Okay. The, the missed throws at the beginning of the game, it was something that I, that I had said before as well, that if you put him in the game, chances are he's going to miss some throws. He's going to look not so good when he first gets in, and then he's going to settle in with time, and I think that's more or less how it played out. But even when he was getting, even when he was in the game by that point, it's the second half or we're, we're ticking down, you know, end of the fourth quarter into overtime, he, his pocket presence leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, he was really, he was bailing out of clean pockets. Um, he was lower in his eyes. He, his mechanics weren't always very steady. And even some of the throws that he connected on, like the one to Nelson Aguilar that I'm thinking of, um, he just kind of floated it up there, kind of aimed it out there like, Nelson, please, God, catch this ball. Uh, you know, the placement was good, but that wasn't the most confident throw in the world. So you could tell that there were a lot of nerves with this. It was certainly a situation where I think he was in survival mode. He was in survival mode, and I think the Patriots' offense was too, though they did the best they could in terms of running the football with him. You can quibble if you want about not going for it on fourth down uh, You know, at, at the end of the game there and deciding to punt the ball back instead of going for it on fourth and five, and then Rodgers goes and wins the game. Bill Belichick explained why he didn't do that, twice on Monday morning in which he said, look, if we, if we fail there, then the Packers are one first down away from getting in field goal range. So give him a long field. Hope you can make a play. Rogers misses some throws, what have you. I mean, in the end though, Aaron Rodgers has been in that situation so many times. It was, it was a walk in the park for him, even with a less than stellar receiver core, which he's kind of battled with at times during this year. He's Aaron Rodgers. He makes plays. That's what he does. And he knew what to do. That is what it is. In the end, he gets paid too. He gets paid a lot, as a matter of fact, to go out and do what he just did. That said, I mean, you, you can quibble with that if you want. Them being less than aggressive and you know, kind of keeping the training wheels on Zappy the entire game. Again, I think when you're looking at it from their perspective, they're just trying to get through this thing. They're just trying to get it over and done with without doing any more harm to Zappy or doing harm to their chances to win. Fine line to walk, and in the end, it, you know, they, they couldn't come up with enough plays to win. It is what it is.
But I, I think my reasoning in saying all of this is now we're hearing people saying, you know what, uh, Brian Hoyer shouldn't start another game. Uh, you know, as long as Zappy's healthy, Zappy should just go ahead and play. And I just don't know that that's going to be the case. Brian Hoyer, look, it, it, his his status is up in the air. He had a head injury. It looks like he was diagnosed probably with a concussion. And so his status will will be something to monitor throughout this week. But if Brian Hoyer can play, then I feel like he's going to play. I feel like they are going to start Brian Hoyer because in the end, this is not about, let's see what we have in Bailey Zappi. They're still trying to win football games. And you have a very winnable slate of games coming up right now where you could get this afloat and, and keep it afloat so that Mac Jones can come back and potentially you know, make a push towards the playoffs. However unlikely that might seem to some of us. If you're trying to do that, you're not going to play Bailey Zappi right now. He's, he's not there. He's not entirely ready. And, and again, that's understandable. He's a rookie, right? That was his first ever NFL action. That's fine that he's not ready to play right now completely. But again, if you're talking about trying to win games, which the Patriots are trying to do right now, I think that if Ryan Hoyer is healthy, you play him. And I think that he looked just fine. He looked more than adequate in the amount of time that he was on the field um, he had the one incompletion to Hunter Henry, which was a little bit off target. He was under some duress on the play. And then he gets walloped by Rashad Gary on a very similar kind of missed block to the one Isaiah win that led to the zappy fumble. But I mean, I think from what you saw from Brian Hoyer, you, you probably are going to want to roll with him if you want to win a football game. I just don't think we're at a point in the season where it's like, I've seen enough from Zappi. Let's go ahead and leave him in and just see what he's got because he can't be worse than Hoyer. This is not a, you know, 4-12 and 12 team right now where it doesn't matter what you do, you're not making the playoffs. They can still win, and I think that Hoyer probably gives you a better opportunity to do that right now than Zappi does, and then obviously uh, you know, with Mac Jones not being able to walk. Once Mac Jones is able to walk and play and plant off that leg, then we'll see what happens. Uh, but I don't know that that's going to be coming this week coming up against the Detroit Lions based on what I saw from Mac Jones in practice. Once again, we'll see how uh, that all shakes out this week when I go down to Gillette Stadium and chat with people and see if Mac Jones is at practice and all that good stuff. The other thing about that, I've mentioned his name a couple of times now, not in a good way. Isaiah Wynn was bad. I mean, we're not just talking about the two sacks that he gave up that you know, one of them led to Brian Hoyer getting knocked out of the game. The other one led to a fumble. But we're also talking about penalties. We're talking about holding penalties, false starts. I mean, just look, I get it. Penalties happen in the NFL. There's no way to avoid it. Um, you know, Even for the best players, it's going to get happen. You're going to get dinged. But Isaiah Wynn just has not been it. And I feel like after what happened with Trent Brown in week one where where he had a rough game to start the season you haven't really been hearing that much about trent brown on the other side of things which is a good thing you're not hearing about trent brown necessarily getting thrashed out there maybe there's the occasional miscommunication between him and cole strange while they figure some things out but yeah i, I think that trent brown's gotten better now the pressure looks like it is squarely over on isaiah win i mean cole strange has, has improved David Andrews has been solid. Michael Omwenu's been doing his thing continually. And now it's Isaiah Wynn was the weak link on Sunday. 
And he eventually, I mean, he got help from Marcus Cannon as an extra blocker over there, like an extra tight end, you know, against those wide rushes and in the run game. And then the Patriots just went, you know what? We like the way Marcus Cannon's playing better than Isaiah Wynn, so let's go ahead and throw him in the game. That's where we are right now. Isaiah Wynn, the guy that you picked up the fifth-year option for, is now somebody that you've decided you can do without. And this, you know, 30, whatever uh, Marcus Cannon is, like 32 years old, just signed him to the practice squad. We trust him more than we trust you. That's a bad place to be in for Isaiah Wynn. And it's not a great place for the Patriots offensive line to be in, especially with a bunch of injured quarterbacks now. Okay, this is this is not ideal. They were able to run the ball well. I think that is still a, a, a positive that the Patriots have been able to lean on that part of their identity. It's something for them to build off of. And honestly, I think this is just what they're going to have to be in the short term because, I mean, even when Mac Jones comes back, he's probably not going to be 100%. I mean, I would have, I would imagine that he's probably going to come back before he's fully, fully ready to play and just gut it out. And then you have Brian Hoyer, who now has a head injury. Mm-hmm. Bailey Zappi, you're, you're down to your third string. Who knows if you're going to sign a veteran. Our guy Andy Hart at WEEI made a case that the Patriots should call Cam Newton. That would be interesting. Uh, don't know that that's going to happen. And, and honestly, I think that would just be a, a, a kind of a shocking move. But I mean, the intrigue would be off the charts if it did happen. But again, regardless of what happens, you're probably looking at the Patriots leaning on the run game more than they have basically at any point this season. And they've already been trying to establish the run. So I, I, I think that Marcus Cannon proved that he can be more than adequate in that role as a run blocker. And I mean, when he was in the game at right tackle, I don't know that I saw any obvious pressures or anything obviously bad from him, though I still got to go back and watch the game. But man, if Isaiah Wynn is not trustworthy, what do you do with him? Because now you, you've got him playing for, you know, fifth year option worth, you know, 10 million, you know, almost $11 million or, or something around those, those, that price range. And you're stuck with him unless somebody wants to to trade for him. I mean, cutting him isn't going to do you any good. You still got to pay him the money, so you might as well keep him on the team. So what do you do? I I feel like if it wasn't already happening, you're probably saying, look, we, we might have to trade Isaiah Wynn and teams eat some of the money if you can um, and, and, and just get him out of town because he's just not getting it done for you. He has he hasn't been looking particularly great at any point this year. He's been he's been average at best and then when he's been bad, he's been bad. And there are a couple of teams out there that can use offensive line depth right now, um, including one of the ones they're going to be playing here pretty soon, the Chicago Bears who are awful. Um, but we'll see if uh, they can find a taker cuz right now it seems like Isaiah wins time in New England is just about run its course, and we're only four weeks into the season. Barring a magical turnaround for him, that is. Last point I want to get to, guy that I've been telling y'all about all throughout training camp and preseason and spring practice, Jack Jones got his first NFL start, and he did not disappoint. Yes, I know, he can't tackle. Okay, I, I saw that too. He cannot tackle. He 
is is too small. He he seems like he's you know when when he gets to the point of, of the kind of the tackle point right there, he's trying to knock the ball out because he knows he's going to get taken for a ride and guys are just going to run over him. He he gets it, okay. And he's just trying to do the best he can, fighting like hell. But when it came to being there in pass coverage, more often than not, I mean, he, he got beat on um, one of those overtime catches that the Packers went down and uh, you know won the game on the game-winning field goal. Um, they, he got beat by Alan Lazard on one of those. But on other ones against Romeo Doves, he was right there in coverage. He had the pick six on Aaron Rodgers where he read it like a wide receiver, caught it, took it back to the house, showed off those ball skills. And look, man, he's he's a playmaker. That's what he is. And I, I'm, I love the fact that he got an opportunity, that he's been getting opportunities to show that. And I feel like if he keeps playing like this, like, yeah, they're going to go after him in the run game. I get it. But he ha- he's far from a liability in the passing game. And he, he takes the ball away. He took the ball away from Romeo Dobbs earlier in the game. The, the throw was a little bit out front of Rodgers, kind of exposed it a bit. Uh, and Jack Jones went in there and helped rip it out. And he recovered the fumble. I mean, he won the turnover margin. He won the turnover margin in this game by himself as a rookie. That's good stuff. So I also want to say Peter King, great experienced reporter and I mean, obviously has great insights about the game and knows a lot of people, especially around this, this neck of the woods, but man, quit tripping about Jack Jones and, and what he says about Aaron Rodgers. man. I, I, I think it's ridiculous. Anytime an old head, you know, kind of gets all, you know, crotchety about it and, you know, oh yeah, a rookie said this, like, uh, you better, you better shut up and know your place or, or whatever. Come on, man. This dude made some plays and he, you know, is a fourth round pick. He's been counted out. And he, he's had he's had to scrap, you know, some of it, you know, self-inflicted. Some of it's just like, hey, he's, he's, you know, trying to earn his way, trying to prove he belongs. I mean, he made some plays, two of them, two really big ones. It's OK for a guy to feel a certain way about that. And you know what? It's OK for him to feel a certain way about Aaron Rodgers throwing at him, throwing an out route in his direction where he's like, I feel like it's disrespectful for somebody to throw an out route at me. I mean, Aaron Rodgers picks on rookie cornerbacks all the time. Of course it's disrespectful. He doesn't respect them. He's trying to test them because he doesn't think they can hang. I mean, are we going to act like that's not true? Because it definitely is. So look, for Jack Jones to have his moment in the sun, as long as he keeps backing it up, who cares? Who cares? You want that kind of confidence. You want that kind of playmaking mentality. He's been providing that for months now. And I'm glad he's gotten a chance to show it off. And you know what, man? You know what, Jack? Talk your stuff. Go ahead and talk your stuff. Just make sure you can back up that talk. Okay? Make sure you can back it up. Because if you don't, then you're going to get exposed real quick. People are going to come after you. So do your thing. Get get the job done. Keep taking the ball away. And that man's going to keep playing. I don't know how it's going to be. I mean, Jalen Mills has been dealing with that balky hamstring. Obviously, you're not going to get rid of him. But... There's a possibility that if Jack Jones continues playing like this, you might see him playing outside of, you know, opposite of Jalen Mills. And then you kick Jonathan Jones back inside because, I mean, Miles Bryant, he's, he's a very dependable player and, you know, he, he's, you know, a hard worker and he, you know, has earned his way, uh, you know, onto the team when it seemed like he wasn't really going to have that much of a role. I mean, but... He, he gets picked on in the passing game. 
He has struggled as a punt returner at times as well. It's it's just hard to think that if Jack Jones is as good as he looks right now, that he shouldn't be on the field and then Jonathan Jones shouldn't go back to where he's best at in the slot. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I think that that's something that I would look at if I were the New England Patriots. We'll see if they feel the same way, and we will see how the week unfolds. Like I said, I'll be down at Gillette Stadium Monday. I'll be back down at Gillette Stadium starting on Wednesday to get the lay of the land as the pack as the Patriots get ready to play the Lions this coming weekend. I'm your host, Kyrie Thompson. This is First in Foxborough. Catch you next time.